You're listening to YYFM. Hi, I'm Gareth and I'm one of the volunteers here at YYFM. I recently spoke to Richard Gurner, the editor of a successful local newspaper, the Caffili Observer, about how local journalism is changing in the 21st century and how challenging the COVID-19 pandemic has been to him and the industry as a whole. I started by asking him what his main inspiration was to choose journalism as a career. Oh, what a question. Um, I've just always been curious. Like, I've always had a real thirst to find out what's going on. And I suppose I get that curiosity from my mother, who is a typical Valley's what's the neighbours doing, curtain <laughs> twitching. Um, you, you know, she always knew the, the village gossip, you know, in the, obviously in the days before social media. You know, she was, I like to think that she was the original social media in in in, in, in our household because anything that happened in, in, in our village, she always seemed to know because she, uh, she worked as um, a school crossing patrol uh, for about, 10 years and she also worked in the the local spa so everyone knows her she always had the gossip uh, and she always loved to tell other people about it <laughs> so i think I've, I've, I've certainly inherited that and obviously um journalism lends itself really well to those personality traits really um you know my my grandmother my nan she always used to sort of half jokingly refer to me as the professor you know, I, I'm somebody who who likes to find things out and then tell other people about it. But obviously, <laughs> being a journalist, that's what that's what I get to do. Um, so I'm really I'm really blessed that there's actually a job out there for for, for me, <laughs> uniquely for me. You know, I've been a journalist in other parts of the world. So, for example, you know, I, I had a stint down at Barry, um, did it in Brighton for a bit. Um, but nothing really beats being a reporter on your on your home patch because uh, it's just the best. Because I don't know, I just think people from this neck of the woods are the best, you know. So I then went on to ask him about what he did after graduating from university and how the idea to start the Caffili Observer came about. So after university, um, I did my journalism qualification, my NCTJ qualification down in Brighton. And then I moved back home then in 2004 and started my career on the campaign newspaper, um, uh, which I loved. Uh, it was um, it was a case of sort of being thrown in at the deep end. Um, we were in um, a district office in Caffini Town Centre while the newspapers produced at the South Wales Argus in Newport. And it was just a case of... Um, we were left to our own devices, get on with it. So I found that really liberating. Um, I really enjoyed having that freedom to sort of uh, cover the stories that I think um, readers wanted to to read about. Um, so I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that job. And um, yeah, I, I, still, I still speak to several former colleagues who I used to work with back then. Um, it was only a small editorial team um, there was two reporters, so myself and somebody else. Um, but there was um, obviously as a free newspaper, it was very much advertising driven. 
So the vast majority of the staff there, um, we're all advertising sales guys. Um, and being based there um, and being privy to all sorts of the, you know, being privy to the, the commercial side of, of, a, of a news operation, that really, um, that really stood me in good stead then for when I wanted to start my own thing because I had a bit of an inkling of, uh, you know, the challenges that salespeople faced to, to get adverts in a newspaper, which ultimately, you know, pays for journalism. Um, so, yeah, it was a real, it was a real education in all sorts of ways. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then in 2000, I think now, two, yeah, early 2006 then, I was moved down to uh, the Barry and District News. Uh, I also worked for its sister title, the Penarth Times as well. Uh, so that was uh, a bit of a step up from a free weekly to a free paid for. So a bit of a bigger newspaper, a bit more of a, a, a busier patch. Um, and I stayed there until the end of the year, uh, by which point I was really lucky to get uh, a job at the Brighton Argus. So I moved back to Brighton then. And it was while I was at Brighton, I um, came up with the idea of starting up my own news website called Caffili Observer. <laughs> and, uh, and and the inspiration for that was a it was a couple of different strands to it. One of them was um, I didn't really have any digital skills. Uh, so I needed to brush up on how the internet worked, how websites were made, how Google worked, all of that stuff. Um, and again, that was just when social media was taking off as well. So again, it was a good opportunity to learn about the dynamics of that. Um, I also wanted to uh, find out what was going on back home, really. I, I was actually working in Brighton when I started the Caffili Observer. This was back in 2009, so I was still yeah. actually working. In, so I was, I, was, I was a reporter on the Brighton Argus, on the Brighton Argus, which is a you know, daily newspaper down there. Um, so yeah, I wanted to find out what was going on back home in in, in Caffili because um, the campaign website where, where where I used to work for that wasn't getting updated. So I just thought, well, it's got to be. You know, I can't be the only person wanted to find out what was going on back home. Um, obviously, the people back home in Caffili wanted to find out what was going on. So I thought, well, there's a bit of an opportunity there, um, and I just thought maybe, well, if I do start up um, a website then I'll learn how to make a website. I'll find out what's going on back home. Um, and, you know, maybe one day it might turn into something that I could turn into a business, maybe. But that was very much a, a pipe dream back then. You know, I, I never thought I would actually go on and do it. Um, but, yeah, so I, so I set up the website. Really, really easy to set up with um, with WordPress. You know, learned a bit of coding, learned how to put a, a WordPress team together. Uh, contacted the police, Gwent police, said, oh, you know, put, me on your, put me on your press list again, please. I've started up this new website. Uh, same with the council. And that's how I started, just doing those, do, do, you know, just relying on those two sources for news, really. Um, and then it kind of grew from there so fast forward to 2011 the website was getting a pretty decent amount of traffic and uh, for personal reasons me and my wife then decided to move back home to wales um, and it was a case of well what do i do so i try and get a you know inverted commas normal job uh with like the echo or the argus or bbc wales maybe or, or do i try and 
make a go of this website that I've started. And so I thought, well, why not? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I didn't have a mortgage, didn't have kids. So I had, you know what I, mean? I had, had a little bit of savings to, to survive. I did a bit of freelance work as well at the beginning, just to keep things ticking over. And yeah, things were all right for the, for the first sort of two years. Um, so that was back in 2011, I moved back here. Yeah, so, so 2013, um, like I said, I managed to get, get a regular freelance job as well. So that was paying the bills. Um, but the problem was the, the website wasn't paying. Um, it, well, it was, but it, you know, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't anything at scale. Um, so quite a lot of the advertisers we dealt with, uh, basically said, well, look, We'd love it if you launched a print edition of the of, of the website of Cavilli Observer. Um, so we so uh, I did that back in May 2013, and again that happened all a bit by accident. Um, I was just toying with the idea, thinking, "Oh, is it possible? Could I do it?" You had the idea in mind for quite some time then before you actually launched it. Well, yeah, yeah, Jeremy, you know I, mean? I just jotted jot down some figures, and then um, and then I. I basically approached Caffini County Borough Council, uh, their rural development partnership, um, which hand out business uh, grants, and, and basically approached them. Had a what I thought was just going to be like a bit of a, a chat meeting. Um, by the end of that hour, I, I'd agreed to that I'd submit <laughs> a bid and I would go forward with a newspaper. Um, so yeah, that was a really exciting time. You know, launching a newspaper. Um, uh, we got we got funding. I think we got about two and a half grand, and that was funding for the first four editions, uh, fortnightly. Um, and then it was a case then in those first four editions, and we managed to collect enough advertising revenue uh, to create a fifth, sixth, seventh, and so on. And we haven't stopped. So last week was issue one hundred and ninety. But in that time, the revenue the the print advertising has brought in um, that has enabled us to to grow. Uh, so, you know, instead of me being uh, in my home, putting together the newspaper, um, I'm now in a, in a dedicated office on Caffini Business Park at uh, the Welsh Innovation Centre for Enterprise, which is like a business startup hub, business centre for, for, for small businesses. You know, I've, I've managed to make enough money now to get my own little van. So, uh, so every other Thursday, I jump in the van with 10,000 newspapers and, and do the deliveries myself. I then asked Richard what it is like to edit a local newspaper during a global pandemic, how it's highlighted the weaknesses of local journalism's main business model, and what he has done to ensure revenue is not lost during these challenging times. Uh, really challenging, because I'm not just the editor, I'm also the publisher, so I've yeah. got ultimate responsibility for for my team. Well, since it was so March, when March happened, um, it was a case of coming up with a plan on working from home, so sending all my staff off to work from their individual uh, homes. But again, we were really... The, the benefits of being a small team was that we're you know we're really agile we 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 adapted to that change really quickly and really well um so that was one challenge but then the other the, the big the bigger challenge i would say um was keeping the newspaper going because all of a sudden like literally overnight um 
advertising dropped off. So we had some advertisers who had booked in for a, a, a long run. They just turned around and said, well, we'd cancel. We, yeah, we want to cancel it beyond March. Others then who sort of like let their adverts run for a bit, but then they didn't renew. Um, so at the beginning, it was really scary. It was a, re- it was a real case of, well, do I actually continue this paper? Sure, am I, you know, should I continue the paper? Uh, I just came to the reasoning that, well, if I stopped, I stop. Um, and you know, we, we had a sort of like a hardcore, maybe two or three advertisers who decided to stick with us. Plus we had the support of um, some Senate members as well. Uh, the, some of the um, Senate members who cover our area, they all um, up their advertising spend. Um, and you know, if, if it wasn't for those guys and our core advertisers and Welsh Government Emergency Funding, um, then we would have been we would have been in serious trouble. It was a challenge, uh, but we've yeah we've we've managed to keep going, and uh, it's now a case of trying to come up with different ways to to support our work. So that's where we hit upon the idea of a membership scheme. So we so it's something that I've been sort of toying with for the last twelve months, really. You know, how can we start monetizing our audience, um, but at the same time. I don't want to put things behind a paywall because that sort of defeats the point of the work we're doing. So how do we keep it free to access, but also generate revenue from readers? So that's, so I've been doing lots of work and lots of reading various academic papers and various online guides on how to do that. Um, being on loads of courses. Um, and then to be fair, Google's really helped with that. Because I went on a, a Google course, uh, back in July, all about that, and that was funded entirely by Google. Um, it was run by the Financial Times, funded by Google. So yeah, lots of work going on, um, and yeah, we finally sort of launched it in May, where readers can pay three pounds a month uh, to basically use our website without adverts. Um, Four pounds a month, then they can again use their website without adverts. Then they get a digital copy of the paper email to them before it hits the streets mm-hmm. and then for five pounds a month then uh they can get a physical copy of the newspaper sent out um so that plus we've also got some uh older readers who don't necessarily use the website but like to have the print edition sent to them so they yeah, I cast them as rely on more print when they probably wouldn't have a smartphone or anything like that yeah yeah exactly so i mean in total we've got we We've got, um, well, I know for a fact, we've got 71 readers paying in some shape or form, um, which is 71 more than we had this time last year. Uh, so while it's not a massive amount of money, that is still that is still money every month that's coming in that we wouldn't necessarily have. And now it's a case of trying to think a bit more about our journalism, think a bit more about the content that we're doing, and think a bit more about what the other guys are not doing and fill in that gap. So rather than just kind of like having a press, a council press release come through and we know that the other papers are doing it. And so, you know, oh, we're just going to do it. It's like, well, no, actually what, what value does that have? It's a bit like going back to basics. Like what is the, what is the purpose of this story? Why are we doing it? And every story now that we sort of discuss on whether or not we're going to do it, um, we really sort of go through and interrogate it and kind of ask, why are we doing this? What is the benefit to readers? 
you know, and and we're we're starting to now not do stories because it's a bit like, well, why are we doing that one if other people are doing, you know, if if the South Wales Argus have done that story, or for example, if that story's, you know, gone all over Facebook and we're not going to add anything to it, then why should we do it? So it's it's about being a bit more clever with our resources, and and focusing on the things that we can add value to. And when I say add value, I mean, um, you know, ex- explain a bit more about our world and, and how, how, how different decisions are made. You know, so it's, it's all well and good saying, oh, the councillors decided to do X, Y, Z. It's like, yeah, but how have they come to that decision? And then basically trying to explain, explain that process a bit better. I think that's the one thing that is missing, you know, if you go out in the street and you say, what is a council cabinet? People will be like, I have no idea what the council cabinet does. I said, well, actually, the council cabinet is is really important in, in local democracy because those are the guys, those are the councillors who make who make big decisions. You, know, you see it all over social media. Oh, you know, all these councillors, corrupt, taking backhanders. It's like, well, I think that has come about, that distrust in the politic, in, in politics and the media. I think that's come about because, because I think we've all lost sight on explaining stuff to people. You know, if people, if people don't understand things, then they'll fill that void with... Um, theories and information that makes sense to them you know people pe- people are filling the information void themselves or you know they're they're being misled and i want to be uh i want Cofidia observer to be uh something where people can trust and go to for decent information and they can do and they and, and and they'll trust us and hopefully they do trust us because they know us they know that we're not part of some big faceless media organization that I am just a bloke from Caerphilly uh you know and, and we're a team of locally you know we're a team of local people who live in our community um you know so I, th- I think that's the one way to build up trust is you know basically getting out there and, and being part of the community they they are the local media so they go out and they meet people and they report on what's happening um which is a world of difference from somebody stuck in an office 20 miles away uh never actually sets foot in an area you know which i know from across the country that does happen uh you know whereas our offices are based in kafili town um you know we're a, a short hop and a jump away from other communities in the county borough um so yeah and again it's a bit like going back to basics it's, it's, it's getting out there speaking to people finding out what's going on and then and then reporting that and explaining things in the, in the, on the website and in the newspaper. I then went on to ask if it has been difficult prioritising other stories unrelated to the COVID-19 pandemic over ones which are. Because it has been really difficult at times to work out what stories we should do and what stories we shouldn't do. Um, and again, quite a lot of the stuff about the pandemic, you know, quite a lot of it was, it, it, it is important public information that needs to be put out there. You know, things like the Welsh Government's £500 scheme for uh, self for those who have to self-isolate. Um, when you know, when Cofili went into uh, its own lockdown uh, back in September, um, again, that was a lot of information that was put out by various authorities, you know, Welsh Government, Health, Health Board, uh, Police, 
and that had to all be collated and processed and put it and presented in such a way that uh you know made sense to people um but then yeah you're right you know the, the other stories are still happening um which need to be which need to be covered we're we, you know there's there's so much stuff <laughs> in a way it's difficult because as we as we uh, you know, I like to think that we're pretty good at doing what we're doing um and it's great then that members of the community are turning to us saying can you tell our stories you know we're doing this community event here um you, you know somebody's helping out at the food bank here can you can you do something on the food bank you know there's there's lots of different people coming to us saying you know can you feature us can you tell our story um which is great because that shows then that we're doing our job and representing them um, but it's really difficult because we haven't got the resources to do that. So that, again, that's part of the reason why I, you know, I'm turning to the community and saying, uh, you know, if you value what we do, then please support us with a membership. And that's a real focus of ours at the moment to try and get more get more readers on board. I then asked Richard about the challenges local journalism has faced in general over the last decade. The main challenge being how local journalism can adapt their business models to survive as advances in technology mean digital consumption of news has now taken over the traditional print newspaper as the dominant source. Well, you buy a daily newspaper uh, the day after when everything you when you when you know about it the day before on your on your smartphone. So just you know I mean? so so technology is changing things. That's one that's one element of it. Technology is changing things. But then also that technology has completely uh, undermined the traditional business model of, of well, yeah, local, you know, not just local journalism, but journalism in general, but, you know, it's particularly affected local journalism. So, for example, there are businesses who see the va- local businesses who see the value in advertising in a print printed newspaper. So I was speaking to one yesterday. He's an electrician. He wants to reach older readers. He wants to reach older customers who aren't online and who don't automatically go to Google to, to find tradespeople. You know, they are the they are the readers who will sit down with a newspaper, open it up and say, I want an electrician, this guy. So he understands the value of that. But demographics will change over time. So in 30 years time, older readers, they, they aren't going to be the ones turned into a newspaper, unfortunately. Um, and also you've got a generation of local business owners who just do not read newspapers. They will, they, they, as they, you know, they've, they, you know, they're digital natives. Why will they advertise in a medium they don't understand? You know, they they will they will they will focus their ad spend um, on things like Facebook and Google, in which you can really target your readers to a to a to a niche level, to a granular level. You know, uh, my product is for this particular person, age between such and such, and you can market that much more effectively than say in a newspaper. So the so the business model has completely changed. Because without the technology, I wouldn't be able to reach uh, a huge audience and I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be, the, the barrier to publishing would be too high without, you know, advances in technology. But then at the same time, the, the advancements that technology brings, um, it, it, it also undermines the business model. So without local businesses prepared to support local media, and that's absolutely fine because 
they're local businesses in their own right and there is a, a, and they're going to spend their marketing budgets on ways to bring in customers so they're going to do that in the most cost effective way um so without that support from local businesses um how how are local, how's local news going to be funded you know this talk at the moment there was an NUJ town hall meeting conducted over Zoom about, um, you know, possibly um, you know, an arm's length Welsh government funded body to to fund local journalism, and that was that's been that's been put into a um, Senate report um, as a recommendation that the Welsh government should do. So there's lots of talk about public funding. But again, it just boils down to, well, that public funding could actually be taken away if it ever does get introduced. You know, that's one of the pitfalls. So then how do you create a sustainable business model? Well, let's take a leaf out of other industries. You know, let's start charging the consumer of that product or service for that product or service. You know, going back to the pandemic, we've never been so busy editorially. And other newspapers and journalists have never been so busy editorially, but commercially, um, they're doing really badly because nobody's advertising. So we got this real discord or disconnect between the amount of work journalists have got to do and the profitability of the industry. That is insane. If you go to any other industry, if you're busier, you, you you earn more money, don't you? Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Whereas with journalism, that isn't the case because oh. that link between the end user or consumer and the service or product, that's never really happened. So that's what I'm that's what I wanna do. I wanna I wanna you know put it together. So if we're busier and we're putting out uh stuff that's of value to people, people will recognise that value and it's worth and they will contribute. But again, the challenge is, yeah, I, could, I could just put it behind a paywall, but then the challenge is then, well, journalism is a public good. So you need to make it accessible, but at the same time, you also need to monetize it. So it's a really tricky balance to get. And, you know, I haven't got all the answers. Nobody's got all the answers, but, you know, the, the, the point is I'm having a go and, and being a bit experimental about it. Diolch am rando i YYFM am fwy o gynnwys fel hyn i ddilyni ar-lein ac i ar-lein ni wybod beth hoffech chi glywed nesaf ewch chi it's yyfm.com Thanks for listening to YYFM For more content like this to follow us online and to tell us what you want to hear more of visit it'syyfm.com